0: What's up, Tom? How you doing, man?
1: Doing good, man. How you
0: doing? I'm I'm all right. I had a uh, had a little bit of a rough uh, day yesterday. I have started our summer camps at the dojo, and this is the first um, like in person, in student sort of thing that we can do since the coronavirus has hit. And um, so it's been good being back on the mat with people, even though they're really short little people. But we got some bad news from the governor yesterday. He's gonna uh, keep us tight and keep us closed for another three weeks. And then yesterday was my one afternoon that I had to utilize my neighbor's wood chipper that I borrowed. And uh, I got about 10 minutes in on the machine and then we had a catastrophic failure. So I uh, I just bought my neighbor a, a new wood chipper. So I've, I've been better, but you know, all things considered, it's not so bad. How about yourself? Um,
1: you know, I'm doing well right now. I- kind of got rise where I needed to be uh, for the first time in the transformation of the last three years. And now i am started to really focus on the other projects I've been working on. So what other
0: projects are you working on? You know, I've
1: been working on this find your hobby, find your happy thing for a while since I found mine in birding, And the platform is starting to come together. So it's basically a platform that hopefully will be an aptitude test that you can take that will help you find what hobby may be appealing to you. And underneath there, where I've done the most work is in the Your Birding Story platform. So on that platform, what we're trying to do is connect birders together and especially and people who are just starting out birding, being able to find the resources. And then it's a platform where you can share stories or pictures or videos or podcasts with other birders where they can share with you and where you can find them, wherever in the world they are, so you can connect with them to maybe go birding with them in event.
0: Can we go back to the um, the aptitude test that you were talking about? You're, are you having somebody develop a test that will help steer somebody towards a, a category of hobby?
1: Yeah, that's a the phase that I'm in right now. With the, the, it's like a series of websites. So look at it as the one find your hobby, find your happy would have an aptitude test there, and then when you take it, and you find a hobby that is appealing to you. You can click on it and it will take you to another site. And in that site, if we go ahead and use the example of your birding story, I brought on four different partners into this. And these people are a very diverse group in the birding world with lots of experience, who will basically be an editor partner of the group. So they'll have a platform where they can share stories out in the birding world, maybe something that's been put out by the New York Times or CNN or whatever. They can put that there, they can put their own original content or they could, raise up content from people who are members of the site when they write a story or do something they can bring in up to attention.
0: Is it going to be like Facebook for birders or is it going to be a, a, a list of uh, things to scroll through?
1: In, in a way, but not in the same way Facebook is. Number one, there won't be anybody following you around or giving you uh, specific advertising based on your demographics, but it will be a pretty clean site that way. You also won't be able to like certain stories. It won't be the dopamine of being to it. There are just be stories, and you won't be able to put comments on stories either. So this will just be a constant flow of different stories popping up in the birding world. Another chart where you can connect with other people, but you would connect with them outside the group through emails that are there, or maybe even through their social media sites, which you can also enter. And then events that are going on, if you hit like Atlanta, it will show you all the events in birding that are going on that have been put into the site. So some of the obstacles that I saw in birding were connecting with other birders individually, especially in different places that I traveled, knowing where all the events were going on in one centralized place, being able to share stories about birds with people who cared about birds. Now, my Facebook my Facebook profile is filled with birders right now, but there's also the other shit that takes you off track, the political stuff, the stuff you just kind of get tired of hearing. This will be one that's purely for birding. And my idea is to take that framework that we developed and do it for other hobbies as well. So let's just say there was one that was for fishing or another one that was for cooking or another one maybe for knitting, whatever those are, to find the people who are the players in those groups and try to figure out a way to set up a diverse group like we have now.
0: And that's a that's a separate thing than your birding story.
1: Yeah, they'd all be separate. So each one of these would be, it doesn't, you know, make sense to have the same people in charge. You need to bring the experts in each field into that platform. So, in this platform, it's 50% women, 50% men, a person of color, um, a gay person, a person who's now in Central America. There's a really diverse group, someone who's a leader of an organization in Burden. So, there's this real diverse group. So, you'll get, and they're all even in their position. You, nobody outranks somebody on the platform. Uh, I think one of the problems with some of these groups is somebody considers themselves the most experienced and the voice of the organization. The idea here is to have everybody have an equal voice throughout the
0: platform. So you've got all this push towards hobbies. You know, I've known since you uh, you started birding how, how big of a deal that's been to you. Is there, a, is there a reason that you're so passionate about, you know, pushing people towards a hobby?
1: Yeah, man, it's like I didn't know the importance of it until I started doing a hobby, one that I actually considered a hobby. And I actually treated differently than um, the rest of the stuff in my life. And I think there's, you know, there's a lot of people who have hobbies that I didn't even really pay attention to. And really, I kind of had things that were kind of hobbies to some people. I cooked as a living, but it was kind of a hobby. I did martial arts with you; it was kind of a hobby. Uh, physical fitness when I was in shape was kind of a hobby. Uh, shooting, kind of a hobby. They were not ones that I threw myself into. Um, and I, I got that's one too. So there's all these little things that i kind of played around with a bit but i never really dove into when you really dive into something that's the hardest barrier right you want to be you want to be accepted you want to go to a place where you're welcome hey yeah we want new players into this group and somehow that's what i'm trying to create
0: there's sort of a uh, what's called a company man culture in japan and uh there's a a couple things you're expected to have one is your 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 identity of your family and then you have the identity of the company or corporation that you work for so even when you go out you wear like their little lapel pin and then everybody is sort of encouraged to have like one hobby so if you are you know you work for canon and you you know you have your family and you're into flying model airplanes and that's like if you're not at work or you're not with your family that's all you're doing do you feel like the level of hobby that you're promoting needs to be that intense to where it becomes part of an identity.
1: I actually do at this point because I'm reading a lot about the future of AI and similarity and uh, universal incomes and how our life's going to change a lot over the next few years. And that we'll probably be working less and we'll have more idle time. A lot of us have put our identity, especially people who are entrepreneurs like us, our, our identity is based on our work and that's going to shift and when that shifts what are people going to do with their time and how are they going to identify themselves and find self-worth and hobby is going to be a really big part And the book I'm reading right now talks about hobby being one of the top five things that we're really going to have to start exploring more. and so I think it's pretty right time for that especially you know see everybody's middle space is kind of messed up right now some of the people who are trans who are making it through this whole virus thing better off are the people who have really strong hobbies. So, you know, I think that's what's saving me some right now. I think it's what's saving you some right now. I think there's a lot of people who can benefit.
0: I think the only way I've made it through this pandemic so far with the little bit of sanity that I have left is the different pursuits, different hobbies that I have. Uh, For example, I'm, I'm waiting for hunting season to get started. And there's, you know, there's a specific season where I'm actually in the woods hunting. But if you really are into it enough, there's a lot of prep work that you can do. So I'm scouting uh, where I'm going to put my stand up. I'm I'm doing a lot of uh, archery practice right now. I've never taken a deer with a bow. And my goal this year is to get one during bow season with my bow. Because ultimately I want to buy a recurve bow, but I can't justify buying a recurve bow until I've effectively used my compound bow. (laughs) But that was why I was running that wood chipper the other day. I've got this great spot at my house where I have a, um, a 30, 40, 50 yard marker, where I've got my deer target set up and I was going to mulch all of that. So I wasn't walking through this tick infested, um, uh, you know, bushes that were rubbing on my legs, except the ticks are, are awful this year. So I was trying to make this nice place to uh, do it. And I'm still going to be tick infested until I get my uh, wood chipper delivered. Well,
1: I, I saw someone birding last week who's kind of like me. They choose, way engulfed in work and ignored by her work and it's a friend of mine i, I don't know real real well but we've been planning on doing birding for a few months even before the virus but when we got out there it was you know i saw how profoundly it affected her. you know just getting out and in tune with nature again taking it easy where she wasn't thinking about work kind of connecting with birds and you know it really struck me that even more so than i've been as many people as i can exposed to slowing down enough, reaching out for a hobby and exploring that hobby a little bit, the better I'll
0: feel about myself. Again. One of my uh, martial arts teachers was leading what we call a life skills uh, training where we look at how the, the, the practices and the things that we apply in martial arts can apply off of the mat. And um, one of the things that he pointed out that I thought was really profound and it sort of comes into play with these hobbies is, uh, at least in our culture, I just caught myself saying it. Like, I want to get this new bow so I can do it. But we have this have, do, be mentality. I've got to have this thing so that I can do my thing and then I can be that hunter that I want to be. Instead of having a, a be, do, have mentality, I can I can be a hunter. right? I'm, I'm a hunter and then all the things that I'm doing, again, it like becomes part of my mentality and I can hunt. And, and then, as I do that, I can progress and, and acquire the things that I need but uh i how does that come into play when you talk about uh birding because it seems like a low a low entry uh activity until you realize that you need spotting scope and a camera and uh, binoculars and you know I know you're trying to connect a lot of people into this and and maybe even people of different socioeconomic backgrounds
1: yeah you only need a pair of binoculars. You do need a pair of binoculars if you're going to take it to the next step and really see the colors and the characteristics of the bird, um, and then maybe a field guide that helps too. That's really it. You know, I, I was—I'm definitely a person who lives in what you just said. Um, I have to have everything before I can do, before I can be. Um, but it's—it's it's not really true. There's some things I bought at the beginning that I rarely use, and that's what we're trying to do in the on the site too. By getting started, that's what we say: get a pair of binoculars and a field guide. That's all you need to get out there and get down. So yeah, I agree with that. I go overboard a lot.
0: Yeah. I, uh, found myself last night falling back into an old hobby. I uh, had busted the wood chipper. where I was really frustrated about the news, about not being able to open. And, um, I, my wife could sort of read it on my face. So she sort of took in and took over, um, stepped in and took over taking care of our son and, uh, I had these old machetes that I've, I've had in the, in the bar for a while that I had busted the handles off of, but I pulled them out. I got my Dremel tool out and I took off all the rust and polished the blades back up and put out this extra 550 cord that we had and, uh, started making a handle out of the 550 cord. You can wrap a, 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 a bare metal part of a knife with 550 cord, a certain way to make a pretty substantial grip. And, um, as as scary as it probably looked like seeing the expression on my face and knowing what was in my head it was extremely cathartic because I was thinking like you know this will be great I can use this this season when I'm out as I'm clearing my shooting lanes and doing things like that and maybe if I do a good job with this I can uh, I can hand this one down to my son this is you know a machete I really liked and until I busted the handles off but again it was it was a hobby. He was, it, I don't want to say playing with knobs, but like, I, you know, I have a bit of a thing with cutlery and, um, and it helped me, you know, it helped me through that moment, having that hobby. And it, it wasn't directly hunting, but it was something that I associated with prepping uh, and I was excited to do it because it was taking me one step closer to having that exciting hobby experience.
1: You know, there's a, for some reason that made me think of how, uh, like the old timers that are in different hobbies, how they understand when you're new to something, what you're trying to get out of it. And they wanna be a contributing factor to help you get maybe closer to where they've gotten. I I went birding with this guy who, we were doing a a bird count earlier this year, and it was early, It's right as the sun was coming up and we're getting back ready to get in the car to go to another spot and points at these three big oak trees. They're all bare and the sun just is coming up, is going through and it's Just beautiful, right? A beautiful silhouette. And he stopped me and I just looking and appreciate that. Like he knew that I was there because I needed to get out of my head and he tried to take another step to get me out of my head a little bit even more. Uh, it's just to stop and look at this beauty that's right in front of us. Right? So as you learn like a hobby like that, you, or whatever hobby you're in, if you come across someone younger or maybe even older that's like having a moment, you know the importance of what you did at that point where you had a time to just throw yourself into something unrelated to that feeling of let's say it's despair or like a problem that you have to deal with um seems like there's a lot of importance and balance in that
0: this reminds me of a musashi quote master one thing to learn ten thousand and uh it was sort of talking about you know just knowing what's truly important, and then you can find and apply those principles everywhere.
1: I was listening to uh, David Lee Roth on Joe Rogan podcast. And he's kind of an interesting guy because he talks about he'll take on these hobbies for like a long time, like for like a year and do something and try to get good out of it. And he's got enough money to do that, but he gets to throw himself into these different hobbies, try to really absorb it. think he went to Japan to learn choreography whatever it is when you're uh-huh. ready learn that for like a year and try to get good
0: at it doing calligraphy like that is um is funny it's one of the peacetime hobbies that was uh traditional for samurais to take up as well so a samurai would master the blade but um they want they sought balance so one of the things that they would do was calligraphy practice another was flower arranging um, as uh unconventional as as unintuitive as that sounds they would they would strive to Find areas that you know where there was a hole or a gap, and they would they would try to you know fill that gap with something appropriate.
1: Something for them to do on a rainy day. Yeah.
0: But, you know, again, with all the stress of all of this, all the stress with the business and everything, um, I, I don't do well with a lot of downtime, um, and even my meditation practice has suffered. It's sort of hard for me to sit with myself. So one of the um, meditation practices that uh, I've taken up and it started on a rainy day because I couldn't get out and shoot my bow because I pulled out my old guitar. Um, I've had it for two years. I've had these little spurts where I'd sort of start to practice it, but I'm sitting about three weeks into it right now. And um, this is probably the longest consistent time that I've pulled it out so much so that my fingers are starting to not hurt as bad. Like I'm getting some calluses on the front.
1: Yeah, for me, it was birding when it's raining and I can't really get out. I do a lot of uh, editing of the photographs that I've taken. I've already taken 15,000 pictures or something since I've been birding. So going through those and cleaning that, there's a there's a lot you can do that's not actually in the field looking at birds so that actually do a birdie when, when you can't get out.
0: Well, I mean, I think that falls into that uh, uh, be-do-have mindset. Like, if you uh, if you can't have this the situation... Uh, it lets you get out and do your thing. Can you, can you prep? Can you learn more about it? Can you immerse yourself? It's just what all of my uh, martial arts friends are having to do right now. We can't get on the mat and train with each other. So everybody's reviewing all their videos. Everybody's reading all their philosophy books. Everybody's trying to uh, get in and work on the solo forms of things that they can do. And even though it's not what most of us would like to do all the time, it's going to strengthen our uh, ability to perform on the mat once we actually can get back on the mat with each other.
1: You're probably going to have like pre- people bringing in these new moves they've been working on by themselves.
0: And it's all unchecked too so I haven't seen it. I'm, everybody's going to be super dangerous again. There's a there's a saying in the dojo that the most dangerous person is the white belt because nobody knows what he's going to do. <laughs> right? Everybody's going to be coming out of left field with something crazy. Nice, nice. I'm a bird watcher I'm a bird watcher There goes one now
1: Today's bird of the day is the American goldfinch. I went on a walk with my wife this morning and out of nowhere was a whole bunch of them flying around. It's kind of a common bird that you see fairly often, but you know, it's really a beautiful bird, especially on a nice day.
0: So today's Zinspiration is um, sort of a reminder to take, uh, take things that they come with a grain of salt and a, a sense of humor. But uh, this quote is from The Princess Bride and this is how I feel every night since the pandemic has started. Good night, Wesley. Good work. Sleep well. I'll most likely kill you in the morning. Three years you said that. Good night, Wesley. Good work sleep well i must like to kill you in the morning it was a fine time for me yeah. okay.